Alleluia, Alleluia. You're in the presence of royalty this morning. Come on, lift him up in the house. Mm, glory, glory, glory. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, and to the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, and a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Esaias the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Esaias and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him in the place of the scripture that he read this, was he was led as a sheep to slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so he opened not his mouth. Second Kings chapter 10. In verse 15, and when he was departed thence, he lighted on Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him. And he saluted him and said to him, is thine heart right as my heart is with thy heart? And Jehonadab answered, It is. 
If it be, give me thine hand. And he gave him his hand, and he took him up into the chariot. And he said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So they made him ride in his chariot. One more passage of scripture is found in Isaiah chapter 9. Verse 6, during the Christmas season, this scripture is often quoted. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Notice the Son is called the Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. And then it's like Isaiah added a little footnote. It's a sentence that just don't kind of really mesh with the rest of the reading. The zeal of the Lord shall, will perform this. The zeal, the Lord of hosts will perform this. Turning your attention back to Second Kings, where I'll be taking my thought from this morning. We find Jehu on his way to defeat and to bring down the house of Ahab. And he comes across a young man by the name of Jehonadab. And he asks him the question, is your heart right as my heart is with your heart? Jehonadab answered, it is. If it be, give me thine hand. And he gave him his hand and took him up to him into the chariot. I feel led of the Lord to speak on this message today. This is not the first time I've preached it, but I felt impressed of the Lord to preach it today. And the title of this message today is Step Up Into the Chariot. Step Up Into the Chariot. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, we thank you. For your mercy and your kindness, Lord, in Jesus' name, we ask, God, that you would do the work. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would do the work in this assembly today. You know what must be said. You know what must be heard. We ask, oh, Lord, God, that your word would go forth and let it not return void. My God, let it do its work, Lord, for your word is never bound. That's what it declares. And we thank you, Lord God, for the anointing that destroys the yoke. And we ask, O oh Lord, that your anointing would be upon us today, for your word is forever settled in heaven. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 
You may be seated. Thank you for standing so long. I first want to say I'm sorry that you don't see a Texas Bible student, Bible college student here today. I was due to have a whole crew of them, and uh, finals kind of got in the way. So, the Lord knows all things. So you're back to old faithful today. Praise God. Amen. It's going to be rice pudding. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I read to you in Second Kings of a story that began with Jezebel falling and dying at the judgments of the Lord. And Jehu was at the head of all of this. God had anointed him. And uh, he was bringing down the house of Ahab, for Ahab was a very, very wicked uh, administration. And uh, many horrible, wicked things had gone on among them. They had brought in the idolatry of other nations uh, through Jezebel. And, of course, Ahab was spineless. He didn't have a backbone nowhere about him. But nonetheless, he had a fear of God. And because of the fear of God, God told the prophet that he would spare him, but yet he would also judge his family. Amen. God looks at things a whole lot different than you and I look at it. We look at someone that may be wicked. We think, God, why in the world have you not already judged them? Why in the world? As it seems as though they seem to get a free pass. But what you don't realize is that God looks on the inside of a man's heart and he may see something there, a fear of God, that may cause him to give him mercy for a season of time to draw him by his spirit. Oh, come on, somebody. And such were some of you, but you were washed. Oh, yes, you were. You were brought into the kingdom. You were grafted in, praise God. Thanks be unto the Lord. None of us are worthy, but thank the Lord that he brought us out of the miry clay and set our feet upon the rock of Praise God, praise the Lord. Come on, give him glory for what he's done in your life. Come on, somebody. God's been mighty good to you. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise the Lord. But Jehu's making his way down. And he comes down the road. He's already slaughtered some that uh, had opposed the will of God. You'll find it in this particular chapter. But for the sake of time, I'll pass over those information and take you straight to the text this morning. The Bible says as when he was departed from thence, and thence was he had just slain some of the enemies of the Lord. And when he departed, he lighted upon Jehonadab, the son of Rechab. He's riding his chariot down the road and there's a rumbling of the wheels as the horses and the wheels carry him down the road and he comes across a man that is known as Jehonadab, the son of Rechab. You'll find him only mentioned about one other time and it's over in Jeremiah and the pronunciation is a little different. It's Jonadab there, but it's the same man. We find this man 
walking down the road. And here comes Jehu. And he's just been through battle and he has just conquered some and slain them. He is bringing about the judgments of God upon the house of Ahab. And now he comes upon a lone stranger that apparently he knew his name was Jehonadab and he pulls his chariot to a stop. And he looks down at Jehonadab and he asks a very curious question. He asked him, he said, is your heart right as my heart is with your heart? The NIV puts it this way, are you in accord with me as I am with you? And Jehonadab answered in the affirmative. He said, I am. And then we find even a more stranger request, whereas the Jehu reaches his hand down and he says, come on up into the chariot. I want you to ride with me. Ride with me and see my zeal for the Lord. And so the Bible says they made him to ride in his chariot. Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. And thereby he takes Jehonadab with him and continues the judgments against the house of Ahab. Today God is looking for somebody that's walking down a lonely road and you find yourself in a place you may not understand but the Lord is saying, is your heart right with me? As my heart is with you, I long to do well with you. I want to know if you want to do well with me. If it is, then give me your hand and step up into the chair. Philip the Evangelist is having a fantastic revival over in Samaria. Folks are getting delivered of demonic possession. Folks are getting healings. Folks are getting the Holy Ghost. It's a great time in Samaria. Oh, who would want to leave Samaria now? We're having a great move of God and the power of God is falling. And suddenly God speaks unto the evangelist. Philip. So I want you to get up and go. Now right there is where a lot of folks would have just fell off the wagon. I want you to get up and I want you to leave where you are. I want you to go to another place. He said, go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza. And then he added this for emphasis, just in case it didn't sink in too well with, well, by the way, it's desert. So Philip goes, and he's walking down a long, lonely stretch of desert, wondering what on earth is he doing out here? I mean, you know, I'm in a red-hot revival in Samaria, and folks is getting the Holy Ghost, and I'm having myself a grand old time. 
And suddenly the angel of the Lord comes and tells me, I want you to go down to a place, head south toward Gaza, and down there in the desert place, that's where I want you at. That doesn't make any sense. And so Philip goes, and he's walking. And suddenly off in the distance somewhere, Sister Teresa, maybe he sees a little billow of dust beginning to kick up off on the distant horizon. And he thinks, well, now I'm not alone. He looks and he sees it now and it's starting to come closer and he starts to see that it's not just a chariot, but it's a royal chariot. A chariot of a man that uh, had charge of all of the things of Candace of Ethiopia, the queen. And he had been over to Jerusalem to worship God one would think that perhaps he was part Jew. We don't know. But he's making his way back and he's riding in the royal chariot and the royal horses and it's making a thundering sound across the desert floor as he's heading his way back to Ethiopia out in the middle of the desert. But wait, he's got something in his hand. It's a large scroll that he's got opened as he's reading and the horses are doing their thing and he's reading from Isaiah and he's reading about something about the prophecy of something that was yet to come that he could not quite understand. And here Philip is watching all of this going on as the royal chariot rumbles past him and he sees a man in royal clothes and he's got a scroll in his hand and he's reading from the word of God and the spirit of God says, go ahead and catch up with that chariot and you ask him, what can you do for you? And so here Philip is, he's right alongside and he said, can I help you. The Ethiopian puts down his, his uh, scrolls and he says, how can I accept someone guide me? And so we find where that Philip is bade for him to step up into the chariot with him. He is bade for him to come up into the chariot with him. And he begins to expound the word of God to him. And then finally comes baptism in the power of the Holy Ghost that falls upon the Ethiopian eunuch. I just wonder today if you're thinking, my God, I felt so much power two or three weeks ago when Pastor was preaching about going deeper. I felt so much, but today I find myself walking down a desert road toward Gaza. I can't understand. I'm out here where there's no blessings. It's dry. It's ragged. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You keep your ear tuned. There's a chariot that's coming. I said there's a chariot that's coming. And there's somebody in the chariot that needs you. It needs you badly. And they're going to need what you have. And you'll step up into the chariot. I thought after the deep moves of God that we'd feel ooh, so much more of God. I'm going to tell you something since 
how long has that been? Three weeks ago, I believe. Since that time, all of hell has unleashed everything it could upon us. Had some trying times come upon us. Some things we don't understand. It's not supposed to go like this. We're supposed to have revival in Samaria. We're supposed to have a grand old time and the power of God continue to move. But now, God, you're calling me to desert places. Lord, why in the world would you call me to a desert place? Because he's asking you, are your heart right as my heart is with yours? How is your burden? Do you have the burden that I have? Do you have the longing for the lost that I have? Do you have that desire? Oh, come on, somebody. Do you have that desire? burning in your spirit for the things of God and the glory of God to rest upon you. Do you really want the glory of God in your life? Do you want me in your life as much as I want you in mine? Is your heart right as my heart is with yours? Do you love me like I love you? Are you desiring the things that I want? Do you have the same desires that I long for? Then give me your hand. Oh, come on, somebody. Give me your hand and let me pull you out into the chariot. Ride with me and see the zeal of the Lord. He's reaching for you. He's saying, come step up into the chariot. Is anybody reaching for him? Are you reaching? Yes, I'll ride with you, Lord. The zeal of the Lord. Jehu told Jehonadab, he said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. We read to you out of Isaiah prophetic utterances. Unto us a son is born, child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And it goes through all of those things. And then right there at the end, the Spirit of the Lord speaks unto the prophet. And he says, the zeal of the Lord will perform this. The virgin birth. The kingdom that the Lord desired to set up. It starts at Bethlehem, but yet it's going to come because the zeal of the Lord. What is the zeal of the Lord? The word zeal is translated, and it refers to jealousy or envy. There's an old song, God is God. And God don't ever change. 
I know God is God. And Jesus is his name. God has got power more than we take advantage of. We live our little simple lives and never tap into the greatness of the power of God. Do you hear me today? United Pentecostal Church of Weeches, there are things we've never tapped into because we've never taken the time or the discipline to do so. Oh God, help us that we understand how great and powerful God is. He's so awesome. He's so powerful. He said, I won't give my glory to another. I'm jealous. I'm envious. I will not give it. It's my zeal and I will perform that which happened in Bethlehem because it's my power. It's my glory. I'll show you what I can do because I am God. Oh God. You're not hearing me this morning. Come with me. Give me your hand. And come with me. And step up into the chariot. Son, is your heart, listen to me, is your heart right as my heart is with yours? Tell me, son, is, my, is your heart right as my heart is with yours? Are you thinking the same things that I'm thinking? Do you have the same burden that I have? Do you long for the greatness of the power of God? Then just give me your hand and come and step up into the chariot. Come with me and we're gonna ride and I want you to see my zeal for the Lord. God's saying, get up in that chariot with me. And I want to show you, in my zeal, I created the place. Oh, yes, in my zeal, I created the place of Jesus Christ. That happened in my zeal. But now, I want to show you some more about my jealousy, my envy, my pride, and my glory. I want to reveal it unto you. But you got to get up. You got to get up. You got to get up and take my hand and step up. Into the chariot. Come on, somebody pray. I'm fighting against unseen opposition today. Pray that God's word would have free course. Come on, pray it. Lord. Let your word have free course. Let your word have free course. There are some of you this week that a spirit of depression has come to you to challenge your faith. And you find yourself in the house of the Lord, not knowing how to put one foot in front of the other. 
It seems so far removed from the depths of the Spirit and the power of God that was so evident in our church just a few weeks ago. And we felt the power of God today, but yet still there's something that holds you back. There's something that stands in the way. And you think, I don't understand. Even though I'm in the house of God and the presence of the Lord is nearby, but yet still I find myself struggling to understand what's going on. I can't seem to get a grip. I'm going to try in another place. Wait. Brother Preston, what's that I hear? I hear the rumbling of a chariot. A chariot of destiny that is coming your way. It's a chariot that's got somebody in there that's hungry for God. You've never had to deal with this before. You've never had to know these things before. But God is sending someone your way. God's sending someone hungry. And he puts you in a dry place because that's where they are. If you want to win somebody, you got to get to where they are. Oh, they're hungry. But yet they're dry. And God says, I can trust you to take you out of the lively spirit of God and put you in a dry place and know that your eyes are going to be watching for the chariot that's coming your way. He's waiting and I hear the thundering of horse hooves as it makes its way down the, tra- down the desert floor. Brother Justin, when the chariot gets to you, there's someone there, but they're confused. They're not even paying attention to you. Their mind is somewhere else. Their spirit is troubled. Listen for the voice of the Lord. It may be, but yet a still, small voice. Sister Twala, the Spirit of the Lord may speak and say, Arise and go catch up with that person. I'll give you the words to say when you get there. I'll give you the words to say when you get there. Be able to be sensitive to my voice. And when you're in the desert place, it's so easy to get distracted by looking around thinking, my God, where are the blessings of God now? There's no blessings here. There's no fountain here. There's no living water here. There's nothing here. There's no plants. There's no shade. My God, I'm burning up. My brother Adam, there's one thing that's still there. And that's the spirit and the voice of God. God put you in that lonely place for one purpose and one purpose alone. There's somebody else that's lonely as well and you're going to be able to use the use of God and to be ministering unto them and to help them. The chariot will come and someone will be there and they're needing your help and they bade you come up into the chariot and help them and minister to them. 
Somebody today needs to hear the word of God. My God. It's just to carry on a pause, that recording. Now what I want to tell but I feel like I need to answer them all. But today God is calling you to a place in God. But you've never been before. And it's that spirit to help somebody somewhere to find their way back to God. You need to help your heart and ears attuned to the Spirit of God and say, God, I'm listening, Lord, with everything that I have. I want to do my part. Where you're at right now is where we always go. What are you saying, Brother Moats? I see a trend. Have a fantastic move of God and God speaks in awesome ways. In spite of the pastor, I might add. And then within a week or two, going back down and then as we're heading back down a spirit of depression will come upon you to put you back in your place where you once were before it occurred I have fought numerous demonic spirits this week. And the Lord reminded me, you said you wanted to go deeper, didn't you? Said you wanted to go deeper, yeah. This is part of it. Those devils are calling your bluff. They're going to see just how serious you are about this thing. And then God says, I ordain it to be so. I'm going to put them in a lonely place. I'll put them in a dry and arid place. After they have felt the glorious power of God, I'm going to put them in a dry and arid place. And there, as they walk down the dusty road, they begin to wonder what in the world God has done to them now. Oh, but if you can just be patient and wait upon the Lord, God's going to do the rest. He will come through. He's faithful and just. Somebody's not hearing me. Maybe it's the Lord's calling you. I don't know. I'm telling you today, God is calling. He's saying step up into the chariot. There's a chariot that's coming your way. If you can believe it, it will happen. Honey, if you don't believe it, it'll pass and you never see it. I declare in the name of the Lord, if you want to be used of God, then God's ready to put you to work.
Somebody love the Lord right now. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense or payment of reward. For you have need of blessings. Get that on the board for me. Is that the way that reads? I got Bible scholars all around. Come on, I got some Bible quizzes. How's that read? You have need of what is that again? Tell it to us again, brother. You have need of blessings. More church. Huh? You sure it reads that way? You got it up there yet? Hebrews 10, 35. Let's read it again. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Now, confidence and faith are double first cousins. You cast away one, you just about cast away the other. Which hath a great payment or recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. That before you've done the will of God... Well, you sure that's the way that reads? You have need of patience after you've done the will of God. Now, somebody said, just what is the will of God? In the good things. In the blessings. Oh, y'all hard-headed. In what? In everything, do what? Give thanks. thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Mm, You want to be in the perfect will of God when you're walking down the desert floor after already feeling the power of God, now you feel nothing. All you feel is despair and depression. All you can feel is frustration, wondering, and questions why that you're put there in the first place. Oh, give God thanks anyway. Thank God that you put me here. You know what you're doing, and I know I'm in the perfect will of God when I thank God for the worst in my life. That after you've done the will of God, we want the will of we <laughs> we want the blessings, and then we'll do the will of God. Come on, come on, oh Lord, you just give me that new Lincoln Continental. Come on, what's your dream car, brother Jace? Oh God, 
Maybe you'll give me one of those Cherokee, Lord, those Grand Cherokees got that four-wheel drive. I hope you'll just bless me with that Cherokee. What's that dream car? We got a country boy here. Lord, if you'll give me that Chevrolet trail boss. Mm, what I couldn't do for the kingdom of God then. Oh, if you'll just bless me, Lord, with this or answer that. Mm, I'm being a little facetious, but you hear me. Oh, God, if you'll just do this for me, then I'll do this and that's got you got it all backwards honey oh you got to do the will of God first what's the will of God in everything give thanks in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning I will bless your name I don't know the outcome it doesn't matter I'm going to thank the Lord and that my prayer makes me in the perfect will of God That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And then we find where that Paul wanders off with some strange talk. Peter did say he was a hard man to understand, okay? One of the kings told him, Paul, much learning hath made thee mad. Now, Paul had the equivalent education of a PhD. He was a very intelligent man. But he writes some things here that's like, huh? Yeah. Say it again, Paul. Yeah. For yet a little while, yeah. he that shall come will come and will not tarry. You may read that to you again. Yeah, thank you. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now, what'd you get out of that? Now, wait a minute. He starts the whole thing off by saying, it's not right now. For yet a little while, he's going to come. And when he comes, he won't wait. Terry's an old English word for wait. Now, wait a minute. On one side of the scripture, you're telling me I got to wait. And on the other side, you're saying you're not going to wait. How does that work? I'll tell you how it works. It works just like this. You're walking down the desert floor, and you don't know what in the world you're going to do, but you're going to wait on God, and you're going to thank him for where you're at, and while you're waiting, God says, when the time is right, and I got my God clock ready, and I got it set, and when my time is right, if they'll remain faithful, if they'll remain thankful, if they'll remain in the will of God, then I'll go by my God like time clock. And when the time's right, there's not going to be any waiting. I'll come instantly, in a moment's notice, it will come quicker than you think. Problem is, we get out of the will of God. 
how could I get out of the will of God, Brother Motes? Well, the first thing is, is to complain. You don't ever complain. Mom, you heard that. Wow. Load him up this afternoon. Praise God. Sister Teresa, you don't ever complain. She's got lockjaw or something. She's taking the fifth. That's all right. God puts us in his perfect will. And when it don't line out just like we thought, we're waiting on this last part down here. I need patience and I need it now, God. Hurry up with it. And we get out of the will of God. And God says, now why'd you go do that? Because you went and did that, you have delayed your own answer. Why don't you think that scripture's there in the first place? You get out of the will of God, then he has to tarry. Why does he have to tarry? He's got to clean up your mess. I must be hitting somebody because it's sure getting quiet. For yet a little while, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by blessings. The just shall live by shouting. The just shall live by talking in tongues. Oh, I like all those things, but that's not where it starts. Now the just shall live by faith. And if any man, what? Crawfish. If anybody goes backing up, when you go to complaining, you get out of the will of God because you start drawing back. You start backing up. Mm, I'm not sure about that now. I think I'm going to back it up. You know, when you back up, you can't tell where you're going. And you back up, you always back up into trouble. If any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to think I have no pleasure in Richard Moats Jr. How would you like for God to say, Adam Fuller, I don't have any pleasure in you anymore. But when you back up, the chariot's coming, but you can't sit still long enough. I'm talking to somebody today, and I'm edging into your lunch hour pretty quick. We'll see how much you really want to hear this. Mm, my God. I'm telling somebody here today, you need to listen to this preacher today and understand that this is a deadly cycle that you've gone through year after year after year after year after year. You get that blessing and God gives you a sure word. You think, man, I can do all kinds of things. I can do this and I can do that. But within a week or two, it's lost its power. And then suddenly you find yourself in a dry place because God has said, you need to learn something and there's a chariot that's coming your way, but you got to wait on it. You got to wait on it out there in the desert where there is no blessing. Don't you understand that the real blessing is the chariot? Don't you understand that the real blessing is coming in the chariot? Don't you understand that the hungry soul is your blessing? Yes. 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 Yes.
But we are not of them who draw back into what? Perdition. Perdition is judgment. Come on. When you draw back, God says, I've got to deal with that. You've not learned to trust me. And when you back up, oh God, Jesus, help me. Just pretend we're on Sunday night because this is Sunday night message, okay? I've pastored many of you nine to eight years. None of your past being human. I realize that. And God knows you've seen my humanity a time or two. You hadn't hang on. It'll show up. But hear me. As the shepherd and the watchman of your soul, I've noticed some things. You go through that cycle. The preached word gets you excited and enthused and you hit that high note and God speaks and you know it's from God. But you're susceptible to the spirits that follow. You've got to learn how to resist the devil. Somebody said, how do I resist the devil? Very simple. Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. A lot of folks have trouble with submission. You ain't turned me down, have you, sister? Carry on and make sure these folks can hear me. A lot of folks have trouble with submission. If you can't learn submission, you can't make it to heaven. Now, I've noticed there are some you've learned how to submit. But you hear me as sure as I'm standing here on this carpet today. As much as I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. There's some of you that have never learned to submit. The recorder is playing. Okay. It's being recorded. I don't take back what I said. You've not you ain't come to that place yet where you can submit. You worship God, do everything everybody else does. All right. But that submission part's a part you can't quite get into. All right. All right. And I realize that preachers abuse. Don't kid yourself, saints do too. It's a two-sided street. But that doesn't excuse us. I've, I, I've been abused by preachers. In fact, I've been sexually abused by a preacher. By God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. But that does not excuse me. I still got to submit. 
First unto my leadership and then unto my God as well. Why? So that I can hear his voice. You see, when you're not submitted fully, you have trouble hearing the voice of God. You might hear a little bit here and a little bit there, but you're not getting the full picture. And God is saying, my child, you need to submit. You've not yet learned how to submit. And until you learn how to submit, you cannot grow in God. You cannot do the perfect will of God. You'll always be what you've always been. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of what I've always been. I want to be more like him. I want to be closer to him. I want to be involved in the gifts of the Spirit. I want to see the power of God and the demonstration of the Spirit of God. I don't know about you. I'm not here to build no kingdom for Richard Mose Jr., but I'm here to see the kingdom of Jesus Christ be glorified and magnified. I must, I must, I must do the will of God because there's a chariot coming my way. And I can't afford to miss it. I can't afford to miss it. There's a chariot rumbling your way. If you get out of the will of God, it'll pass you by and then never even noticed. But if I draw back, if I can't stay in the will of God, Brother Justin, you know what, I draw back, but I don't just draw back. I draw back into judgment, perdition. I can't afford to back up. It's moving forward. My God. Jesus is here right now. This is not a place that we come and slap each other's back and find out what's going on around us. And nothing wrong with godly fellowship. Don't misunderstand me. If you're not careful, it's super easy to miss the real reason you're here. There's some that have a watermark experience with Jesus Christ. You ever seen a flood come? It rises. And then when the waters begin to recede, it leaves a mark where it once was. So water goes back down. What about you? Can you look up and see the watermark where you used to be in God? Do you see where God used to use you? But now he doesn't do that anymore? Maybe it's because you've drawn back. You went to complaining. Instead of waiting on God. Stand with me today. There's a chariot. It's rumbling down the desert floor you may not even know it's there yet but it's coming and God has put you at the right place at the right time if 
you stay in your place don't get out of your place remain faithful and submitted to God there's a chariot to come in there's going to be somebody in that chariot do you desire what I desire I long for more of God how about you have the same desires that I have. See, well, they're a crusty old sinner, and what you don't realize is God has seen the heart, and the heart is longing for more of God. Oh, they ain't got everything cleaned up yet, but let's not skin the fish before we get them out of the water. My God, they're hungry for God. They're hungry for God, and their heart is toward God, and they're looking for somebody, somebody that can guide them. How can I? Except someone should guide me. And he bade him come up into the chariot. What about you today? Does today's message describe you? You're dry and you're thirsty. and All the blessing that you got a little while ago, well, that's kind of all dissipated. Now, you're thinking, God, what in the world am I going to do now? You're in the perfect will of God. And there's a chariot coming. I'd like to open these altars to all of us that would like to come and talk to the Lord.